Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast, the incremental anti-diet solution for effective permanent weight loss. Primal Potential is committed to helping you overcome emotional eating, hormonal imbalances, unhealthy habits, and your dieting mindset through education and inspiration. We don't just talk about what you should eat and what you should avoid. We talk strategy. Primal Potential is bridging the gap between knowing and doing. Each episode will leave you with concrete tips for making positive changes that make a difference. Primal Potential is here to help you lose weight, get healthy, and master fat loss naturally. Hello, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Benton, and I think that you guys are going to get so much out of this episode. I have been getting a lot of questions about fat loss and weight loss after menopause. And I'm hearing from a lot of women who are really struggling either to lose weight or even to maintain their weight during and after menopause. And, you know, more than half of my one-on-one coaching clients are actively in perimenopause or menopause. And many of them come into, well, all of them actually, come into our coaching relationship feeling kind of skeptical that they can lose the fat at this phase of their lives. And they can, and they all are. Here's the thing. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, you know that I say all the time that fat loss is such a hormonal thing. It's your hormones that either allow or disallow fat loss, right? And after and during menopause, your hormones shift pretty significantly. So your approach to fat loss has to change. The great news here, the great news is that the foods we eat and our lifestyles are one of the most significant things that that impact our hormones. So even in times of hormonal shifting, we can bring things back into balance with the foods we eat and our lifestyle choices. One of my clients recently was really struggling with some menopausal symptoms. They came on pretty quickly and she wasn't sleeping. She wasn't losing weight. She couldn't focus to save her life. It was really impacting her work and her work performance. She was having headaches and hot flashes. And needless to say, she was pretty miserable. And she was really stressed about it. She couldn't keep living this way. It was impacting her mood. Like I said, it was impacting her work. And she was feeling a little bit desperate. I reassured her that by making some changes just to what she was eating and when, she could take control of her symptoms and pretty much relieve them. And she did what I suggested because, like I said, she was she was desperate. And within two days, she felt major improvements. Her hot flashes were far less intense. Her focus was back. The headaches were gone. She was sleeping again. And in a matter of a week, I think it was just about five days, she felt like her old self. She was really surprised at the significant impact 
of changing her diet on her hormones. And now she won't go back because she knows the consequences of making less than stellar food choices on how she feels, her mood, her ability to focus. It's just not worth it. She knows that when she makes poor nutrition choices, she creates hormonal chaos in her body and she feels miserable. So obviously she easily now rethinks the candy and the bread because it's just not worth feeling like crap. And she was also very relieved that she didn't have to do anything crazy, no magic tricks or crazy deprivation to get relief, nor did it take months. It was a matter of days. And really, all she did was implement the same nutrition strategies that I had been teaching her all along. She just came to understand how much more important they are when she was struggling with the menopausal symptoms. The rules of the game are the same. You just have to be more compliant. You can't break the rules with as few consequences anymore. Where your younger metabolism or your younger hormonal state may have left you with just low energy or some bloating after poor nutrition choices, your menopausal metabolism is going to let you know loud and clear that something isn't right. Hormonal dysregulation in and around menopause can lead you to feel really tired during the day and wired at night so you can't sleep. Even though you were tired all day, you just feel really kind of anxious and jittery at night. And it also often contributes to weight gain or trouble losing weight, depression, mood swings, hot flashes. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. But let me reinforce a very important point that menopausal women everywhere need to hear and understand. Fat loss is completely possible after menopause, and it does not require anything crazy. The fat loss principles we talk about on every episode of the Primal Potential podcast are about hormone balance, and hormone balance just becomes even more important during perimenopause and menopause for fat loss. So at the risk of being redundant, I think sometimes we need to hear the same information over again, especially when it comes to the two primary requirements for fat loss. Number one is hormone balance. Number two is that you need to consume slightly less energy from food than what your body needs for operations. And let me elaborate on that second one for just a second. Your body is incredibly efficient. It will only tap into your stored body fat to burn for energy if your body needs energy. If you are adequately meeting or exceeding all of your body's energy needs with your constant meals and snacking, you're never going to put your body in the position to need additional energy. It's only going to break down that body fat for energy if your body needs more energy than what you're giving it via food. But this is not about calorie counting. Okay, calorie counting is a very, very flawed science. And if you're unsure of why, please, please, please pause this episode and go listen to episode 62, which I will link to in the show notes for this episode. But it talks about why calorie counting does not give you the picture of what your body needs and what you're actually giving it. So, The bottom line here in terms of consuming less than what your body needs is really about avoiding overfeeding. And a few nights ago, I gave a webinar and one of the analogies I used on the webinar, I think really resonated with a lot of people. I got a lot of emails after the fact. 
And I was explaining the way I explained overfeeding to one of my clients. And she she was going to a, an all-day cookout. And she was like, I know we're going to have breakfast. And then there's going to be food there all day. And so there's going to be constant snacking and grazing. And so I said, imagine that you were going to go on a road trip. And prior to your road trip, you filled your car up with gas, right? Full tank of gas. You get on the road. Two miles down the road, you see a gas station. And you're like, oh, cool. My car likes gas. I'm going to get some gas. And you pull in with a full tank of gas, but you're not really thinking about whether or not your car needs gas. You just get the nozzle, put it in the car, start pumping gas. All the excess spills out around your feet. You get back in the car. You continue on your road trip. Three or four miles later, you're like, oh, cool, a gas station. My car likes gas. I better fill up. Again, you're not considering whether or not your car actually needs gas, and you're just wasting all this money as the gas spills out in excess all around the car, right? That's the way so many of us treat food. We have breakfast and we head into work and we're like, oh, Sally brought donuts. I like donuts. I'm going to have a donut. Does your body need fuel? No, nope, it doesn't. A couple hours later, everybody's going out for Mexican food. You go have lunch, get a big meal, feel a little full on the way home. A few hours later, you're kind of bored, kind of tired. So you go to the vending machine, you get a Coke. Does your body need fuel? No. Are you considering that? No. We constantly get into this cycle of overfeeding, and that will not allow for fat burning. You cannot overfeed and expect to burn fat. Now, the other requirement for fat loss is hormonal balance. And this is where a lot of menopausal women, whether you're in menopause or perimenopause, this is where a lot of concern comes in. There's this general conception that, or misconception really, that hormone balance is impossible after menopause. No, it's not. It just looks different. It takes a little bit more paying attention to your body. Or maybe you think you need a ton of lab tests and doctor visits, and that is not necessarily true. It might be for you, but probably not, because remember that your hormones are tremendously influenced by what you eat and your environment, stress, toxins, sleep. And your hormones are constantly signaling your body. Your body is very, very intelligent and wants to keep you safe and healthy and thriving. It signals you all the time. It's just that you don't realize that these are signals from your hormones telling you what's imbalanced and what is right where it needs to be. So some of these hormonal signals that we experience every single day are the quality of our sleep. This tells you about the balance of two particular hormones, cortisol, a stress hormone, and melatonin, a relaxation hormone. If you haven't listened to the episode on sleep and the hormonal kind of um, frame that you need for sleep, check out episode 16, which I will link to in the show notes for this episode. Also, cravings. Cravings tell us a lot about the hormone insulin, as well as a lot about our neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin. Mood. Your mood and the fluctuations in your mood tell you a lot about insulin and cortisol. Energy tells you so much about hormone balance. Your thyroid hormones, insulin, your adrenals, and hunger is signaling from hormones like leptin and ghrelin and insulin. 
So we absolutely, especially in and around menopause, need to pay attention to these signals. These are clues. These are going to give you the answers. These are the data points that you need to pay attention if fat loss is your goal. And honestly, these hormonal signals are important whether you're in perimenopause or menopause or you're in your 20s. It doesn't matter. These hormonal signals tell us so much about what our body is doing and if fat loss is happening, if it's not, how far we are from that zone. And if you're thinking, oh, that sounds like too much work, what's the alternative? You can feel amazing after menopause. You can have energy and focus and mental clarity. You can sleep really well. You can have a great sex life. You can minimize night sweats and hot flashes. You can have, after menopause, a fantastic, lean, strong, healthy body. But you have to start paying attention and implementing some of the basics. What is more worth paying attention to than your own body, right? Certainly not the housewives, certainly not even CNN. If you're going to pay attention to anything, it needs to be your own body. If you want to be healthy and vibrant and lean and strong and happy, So there are two major hormones that have a really significant impact on fat loss and their role becomes even more important after menopause and during menopause. You have to realize that when these hormonal shifts happen with menopause, you become even more sensitive to shifts in these two major hormonal players, insulin and cortisol. Remember that fat loss is hormonal. And menopause is hormonal. You've got to sync up the two if you want results when it comes to fat loss after menopause. It is actually pretty simple. It's about insulin and cortisol. If you control these two, you're going to see results. If you don't control these two, you'll find it easier and easier to put on weight and harder and harder to take weight off. Plus, you'll very likely struggle with depression, lack of focus, fatigue, hot flashes, trouble sleeping. It's not a good setup, but if you can control these two, and you can, and I'm going to tell you how, you can reach your goals and be very healthy and vibrant and energetic after menopause. Now, I talk about insulin all the time. I don't talk about cortisol as often, but I've got an episode coming up all about stress and the stress hormone cortisol and the disease of excessive cortisol known as Cushing's. But let's do a review of insulin and cortisol and talk about how our sensitivity changes during and after menopause. Now, insulin is not a dirty word. Insulin is a storage hormone, which is why people think it's kind of the enemy of fat loss. When it is elevated, it turns off fat burning, but for good reason. Insulin is produced and released in response to high blood sugar. Generally speaking, carbohydrates elevate your blood sugar and then insulin is released. Remember, it's a storage hormone. You can also think of it as a fuel delivery hormone, okay? Sure, if you eat too much in excess of what your body needs for fuel or in excess of your short-term storage ability, the short-term storage sites for sugar, carbohydrates, are going to be your muscle and your liver tissue, and there's a limited capacity there, anything in excess, insulin is going to shuttle off to your body fat and store it there. But prior to that point, prior to that point of excess, 
Insulin facilitates muscle growth and healing and repair because it's delivering fuel, supplies, raw materials. That is its job. Remember also, though, that your body is incredibly efficient and will only burn stored body fat when it needs energy and there isn't any readily available. When insulin is high, that tells the body that plenty of energy is readily available and so fat burning is turned off. To allow for fat burning, we have to keep insulin in check. The most effective ways to do this are going to be following the golden rules of carbs and fat loss that I talk a lot about on the blog and the podcast, but eating carbs at the right time. And I did a whole episode on carb timing that I'll link to in the show notes, but this is going to be evening time or post-workout. Eating the right quality of carbohydrates, carbohydrates from whole foods as opposed to processed foods. Eating the right quantity. And during and after menopause, you really want to keep this not really more than a half a cup. And in the right company, eating your carbohydrates with either fat or protein to slow the digestive process and therefore slow the release of sugar into the blood, which moderates the insulin response. And I go into a lot of detail on the golden rules of carbs and fat loss in the Fat Loss Food Guide that you can find under the Work With Me section of primalpotential.com. But I will also link to a blog post on the golden rules of carbs and fat loss in the show notes for this episode. Here's what you need to know if you are a menopausal woman. During and after menopause, you become much more sensitive to the hormone insulin and managing your blood sugar and insulin goes from nice to have to need to have. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a second. But first, let's review cortisol. This is the other one that is essential to control during and after menopause. Cortisol is a stress hormone, and it belongs to a class of hormones known as glucocorticoids. Pause for just a second and realize that word, glucocorticoid, and how important it is. Gluco, referring to glucose, means that cortisol is a hormone that can raise your blood sugar. That's why it goes hands in hand with insulin. Elevated cortisol can elevate insulin. It can generate glucose. Excessive stress, therefore, can lead to weight gain, can turn off fat burning. No good. And remember also that cortisol has a natural rhythm in your body. It has a natural cycle. It's highest in the morning to help you wake up and feel alert. Remember, this is a stress hormone, so it peaks in the morning to help get you out of bed, get you going. And then it's lowest at night because you don't want your stress hormone super high at night. This allows you to relax and fall asleep. The hormonal scenario we want to avoid is high insulin at the same time as high cortisol. Why? Because as we've talked about in a number of past episodes, cortisol amplifies the fat storing effect of insulin. So if we eat carbs in the morning... That creates a high insulin, high cortisol environment because cortisol is highest in the morning. Bad for fat loss. When we save the carbs till the evening time, we might have higher insulin, but we have lower cortisol because cortisol is naturally lowest in the evening, much more favorable for fat loss. We are more sensitive to both insulin and cortisol during perimenopause and menopause. So the rules don't change. They just become that much more important. I cannot overemphasize how important it is to control cortisol, especially as a menopausal woman, okay? 
Part of this is about food. Minimizing sugar, starch, and processed foods because when we eat those things, the sugars, the starches, the processed foods, that creates a stress response in your body. Your body doesn't like that. So minimizing those things is a great way to control cortisol. But we also have to be really mindful of physical stress and emotional stress. You have to prioritize stress management. Intense workouts might not be the very best thing when you're struggling with menopausal symptoms because it can create a stress response. Really consider also if the things you're getting worked up about, losing your keys or a stressful situation at work, is it really worth your stress and anxiety? Practicing perspective and practicing stress management and really embracing the cliche, don't sweat the small stuff, it's just not worth it. It creates hormonal chaos in your body that leads to all sorts of things. It's not just about trouble losing weight or easily putting on extra weight. It's about sleep. It's about mood. It's about focus. So stress reduction and stress management is so critical for the perimenopausal and postmenopausal woman. And if you think, oh, my life is just so stressful, I can't reduce stress, then you need to work on your perspective. You need to work on your perspective because I guarantee you the things that work you up the most are not things that are really, truly in the scheme of life worth stressing about. And when you notice those things really upsetting you, practice some gratitude. And it's not about just being happy and being grateful. This is about your health. This is about your body composition. This is about your mindset. This is about your sleep. It is about so many things. So it's not just a pretty little thing of like, don't sweat the small stuff and practice gratitude. You must, 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 must. Learn stress management if you want to reach your fat loss goals and reduce your menopausal symptoms, period, period. It is not worth this constant state of stress. You have to relax or it will kill you. It will kill you. It will make you feel miserable. It will totally mess with your body composition. The little things that work you up are just not worth it. Another important factor especially during and after menopause, is really respecting your body's sleep-wake cycle. And this is about the hormones that really impact our ability to burn fat after menopause, especially cortisol, okay? You have to focus on that normal rhythm of your body. Your body wants to relax, unwind, and sleep when the sun goes down and get up and be productive when the sun comes up. As early as possible in the day, Expose yourself to natural light. Then when the sun goes down, really minimize your exposure to artificial light. The more you can do that, that helps balance cortisol. Cortisol in large part takes its cues from the normal routine of the day, the rhythm of the day, the sun rising and setting. And so if you're confusing your body by constantly being exposed to artificial light, it's really going to impair your cortisol melatonin balance and it's going to impact Remember that cortisol is a glucocorticoid. It impacts your blood sugar, which impacts insulin, which impacts your ability to burn fat. 
Now, I've talked in the sleep episode, which I hope you'll go back and listen to if you haven't already, about how cortisol and melatonin work like a seesaw. I told you about cortisol's rhythm, which means it's highest in the morning, lowest at night to help you wake up and be alert in the morning and relax and go to sleep at night. Melatonin is the opposite side of that seesaw. Melatonin is highest at night to help you relax and fall asleep and lowest in the morning so that you're not sleepy and groggy, okay? We have to respect that balance. If we do things that elevate cortisol, we suppress melatonin. If we do things that suppress melatonin, we elevate cortisol. One of the things that we do most often to suppress melatonin is expose ourselves to blue light. Where does blue light come from? Electronics, televisions, your cell phone, your computer screen. So minimize your exposure to electronics in the evening time. And if you have to be on your computer... Try considering a a blue light blocker. I use this software Flux, F.L-U-X, or on Amazon, you can get these little blue light blocking sunglasses that are hideously ugly. But when people employ that strategy, they notice a huge difference in their ability to fall asleep quickly and stay asleep. Not controlling your physical stress, your mental stress, your emotional stress is a nightmare for all of your hormones because when you screw with cortisol, all of your hormones have a network. They all impact each other. Your thyroid function, thyroid controls your metabolism, your thyroid function slows down when cortisol levels are high. Slower metabolism, lower energy. Now, estrogen and progesterone also play a role here. Obviously, they are very much impacted by perimenopause and menopause. I want to say this, though. Many people feel like I've gotten so many emails from people who after menopause or after a hysterectomy say that, well, obviously, I no longer make estrogen and progesterone. That's actually not true. Your adrenals can produce a small amount of both estrogen and progesterone and your body fat generates estrogen. But there's a catch here. What else do your adrenals produce? Your adrenals also produce cortisol. So if you are exhausting your adrenals by being chronically stressed, physically, mentally, or emotionally, you're compounding the physical effects of menopause because your adrenals are exhausted. They're shot. So they can't pick up the hormonal slack with estrogen and progesterone because they're too dang busy being overtaxed by the stress, much of which you bring on yourself. So let's talk about estrogen and progesterone. Here's the deal with estrogen. Of course, estrogen decreases during and after menopause, right? Here's why that impacts your ability to lose weight and it impacts your sensitivity to insulin. Estrogen actually makes you more sensitive to insulin, meaning that your cells respond to it more quickly so insulin can do its job more quickly and you get back to fat burning mode more quickly. Well, when you have less estrogen, as is the case in perimenopause and menopause, insulin acts more slowly, more time out of fat burning mode, and that's why it's so important to control blood sugar and follow the golden rules of carbs and fat loss. Estrogen also has an impact on cortisol. Of course it does, right? That's why I said that insulin and cortisol are so clutch when it comes to fat loss after menopause. Estrogen acts as a buffer to cortisol. It reduces the negative impacts of cortisol. 
But during perimenopause and menopause, less estrogen, there goes your cortisol buffer. Now you really, really, really more than ever need to control your stress. A lot of women in perimenopause and menopause take estrogen via bioidentical hormones. Here's something to keep in mind about consuming exogenous estrogen or taking estrogen. It very commonly leaves you with elevated cortisol levels at night. Now, remember, we've talked about how cortisol has that natural rhythm, high in the morning, low at night, part of your sleep-wake cycle. Sometimes this exogenous estrogen will raise cortisol levels at night, leaving you with trouble sleeping and anxiety. Here's the other thing about elevated cortisol. And again, this isn't about not taking bioidenticals. It's about managing your stress and how important that is. You must do that. Here's the other thing about elevated cortisol that comes with chronic stress, physical, emotional, or mental. It can block your cells. This elevated cortisol can block your cells from getting the signals they need from the hormone progesterone. Progesterone plays a major role in calming you down and helping you relax. That is why so many women at this time of life feel wound up and tense and anxious and like they just can't settle down, but you make it worse when you respond with excessive stress, emotional or physical or mental, because the excessive cortisol blocks this relaxing mechanism of progesterone. Plus, the more cortisol your body needs to produce, it needs help. So it steals progesterone and uses progesterone as raw material to generate more cortisol. So the vicious cycle continues. You can't relax and you're generating more dysregulation of your sex hormones because you're using up the progesterone to create more cortisol. On top of that, on top of that, progesterone is a natural diuretic. So if you're blocking your progesterone receptors or stealing progesterone to make more cortisol, you will retain more water and have that bloated look and feel that you just have trouble getting rid of. So let's talk practical implementation. And we've touched on these things all the way through, but I want to just reiterate and reinforce them here. What can you do as a perimenopausal or menopausal woman to get into fat burning mode? First and foremost, it's totally possible. Secondly, though, you really have to adhere more to the same fat loss principles that we talk about all the time here on the show. Number one, follow the golden rules of carbs and fat loss. Limit your carb consumption to the evening time. Guys, this improve this includes fruit. It includes all carbohydrates except non-starchy vegetables. So oats, yogurts, granola, um, fruit, bread, wheat, pretzels, snack foods, processed foods, sugary drinks, all that stuff. You've got to follow the golden rules of carbs and fat loss. If you really want to control insulin, Keep those carbs to whole food, high quality carbs at your evening time meal, not to exceed a half a cup, and really, really work to limit processed foods. Isn't it worth getting the body that you want, having the focus that you want, having the energy that you want, all of those things, okay? When it comes to alcohol for the perimenopausal or menopausal woman, when you have alcohol, skip the carbs. Just... Tell yourself it's alcohol or carbs, but not both. And be really mindful of limiting alcohol because alcohol can elevate your estrogen levels. It can slow fat burning. It also elevates cortisol, that stress hormone. 
But there are some heart health benefits to alcohol consumption. But if fat loss is your goal, really limit it to a couple of drinks per week when you really want to see that fat loss. More than anything, if you get anything out of this, you've got to manage your stress. You really probably want to consider avoiding workouts that stress your body. You're more likely to benefit from workouts that lower cortisol like leisure walking or yoga. Do anything that is going to control your stress. Meditation, deep breathing, massage, long baths, and absolutely positively get more sleep. Limit your exposure to blue light in the evenings. Try and match the rhythm of the sun. Go to bed when the sun sets. Wake up when the sun rises. Naturally expose yourself to the sunlight as early in the day as possible to let your body know, okay, this is the rhythm we're trying to match. So I hope this episode was really, really helpful to you. Please, please, please keep these questions and comments and frustrations coming because I want to help you overcome them. And before we wrap up, uh, you guys have said you enjoy the What I Ate segment. So what I ate yesterday, I had two cups of Bulletproof coffee in the morning before my workout and they were with MCT oil and butter. I did about a tablespoon of each per cup. Uh, Then later in the day, I had about three cups of cauliflower and a four ounce filet of salmon. I just sauteed the cauliflower in butter and some salt. The salmon I pan seared on the stovetop with extra virgin olive oil. Dinner was a really big salad. Lots of mixed greens with some broccoli, cucumbers, green peppers, carrots, tomato. I think it had a hard boiled egg in there and some leftover salmon that was cold. And I, for salad dressing, tend to just drizzle like maybe a tablespoon or two of MCT oil and equal parts balsamic, um, balsamic vinegar. So I'll just do a couple tablespoons of each of those. I did have a snack after dinner very intentionally of something I don't usually eat because I knew I had a super hard workout coming up today and I wanted some carbs in my system to make sure that my muscle glycogen was really restored because I don't eat many carbs. So that snack that I don't usually have after dinner, and it's not usually something I had, I had about a half a cup of cashews and a quarter cup of dried fruit. And you guys know how I feel about that, but I very intentionally wanted some sugar and carbs to help push me through my workout. So that's all we've got for today. Please shoot me an email if you have questions about this episode, something I left out, something you're unsure about, or topics that you want me to be sure to cover moving forward. That is why I'm here. So keep those emails coming. I want to know what you think, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a really great day. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? Ew, seriously. They squeeze the grease out of the wool and process it with chemicals, and then you eat it. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I got rid of products I didn't want anywhere near my body. I found that many multivitamins contained high amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and even lacked some of the nutrients we actually needed. So what did I do? At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. Ritual's products are made traceable, meaning we share the science and sourcing for every single ingredient. For example, our vegan vitamin D3 comes from sustainably harvested lichen in Nottingham, England, not sheep. We trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. See for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.